a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivage. Josh Kerr. David Rivage. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivage. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode and another season of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Rebich. I'm still here, your better host, Josh Kerr. So today we're sitting and kicking it with some pretty, some real cool guys. You know, there might be a certain sense that those guys have been getting lazy, maybe even a little comfortable, or even in their own heads about how amazing season five needs to be. However, I'm here to tell you that all is pretty much true. Um, plus, fall training has kind of been kicking our arse and putting us to sleep between the hours of two and five, which everybody knows is prime recording hours. Anyway, we're here to, to banter some running, and we're here to chat through the last couple of months. So it is your boys, Daffy and Joshy. You just call me daddy? I said Daffy. Oh, they said I daddy. That was like that. interesting approach, but I'm into it. Um, yeah, you summed that up pretty good, Josh. Um, we are currently recording at 5 p.m. Pacific time because we did indeed sleep through the day. Once again, it is dark outside our windows, but it is the light inside our hearts and mind. I have a cup of coffee. I have a beautiful guy across the Zoom screen who's got kind of a dashing mustache beginning to connect his beard. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of proud of it. So, you know, we don't record video right now, but you guys would be super impressed. Not impressed with my neck beard, but, you know, it's starting to come in a bit browner, Dave. It could, it could be a new me, you know? You would look absolutely dashing. Uh, that's the goal that's the goal for most seasons but you know this season maybe more than most but did i want to hear a little bit about you know you've you've written in here about being recognized and i feel like recognize real recognize uh, that's that's right up my alley i want to hear all about it let's go yeah so um i put that in before we really jump into season five we're going to talk about the off season kind of because we did take advantage of this three-month break where i returned and refunded a lot of the orders that josh failed to supply um early on in the months of august and uh, september so if you got a refund there um just know that we were trying to get things sent out just the international shipping the cost the arrangement of where the shirts were i apologize on my behalf josh can apologize on his own and you'll probably point I'm his not, finger i'm not going to apologize um i was told at the start of this that i was not involved i had one job to do and that was to perform and then i came back to all these orders i had to do and to be honest it wasn't really my fault either there's a certain certain man who was a part of this process that had been lazy you know and, he, and we fired really, him he fired him yeah sadly we fired. still have to go into work for them every day but he is fired from our podcast um, yeah. just X'd. But yeah, in the off season, guys, I wanted to kind of fill in some of the blanks. I want to first talk about getting recognized at an amusement park. So it, we were going down there to Montana to pick up our dog. And there's this, uh, this theme park called Silverwood. And so I was going with Olivia and two of my friends, uh, my high school best friend and his wife. And we were just there. And his wife goes, David, you get recognized in public. And I go, you know, I bet there's at least one person here at the amusement park that knows who I am. And Olivia goes, oh, not a chance. And I was like, what? She's like, nobody recognizes you here. I'm like, okay, what are you going to bet? She's like, I bet if someone recognizes you, I'll shotgun a beer. And I go, okay, fair enough. That's a good bet. So we're going through the day, we're going through the amusement park. I mean, all of us have masks on even. I was in actually, I was in your sit and kick shirt because it was the day of the Tokyo final. So I was like, Josh just got an Olympic bronze medal. I'm going to an amusement park. I'm going to wear my Josh Kerr sit and kick shirt. So I'm out there. This high school kid walks by me. We lock eyes. Cause I'm like, I'm looking at these high school boys. I know this is my target. Please don't say that. I'm don't looking at these that. high school boys in an amusement park because I know oh, that if these guys, um, recognize me they're my best chance so i'm yeah. like locking eyes i'm looking at them you know i'm kind of like doing a little quick runner arms to make them show like i'm a runner yeah. so this guy looks at me takes a couple steps flips his neck around looks again and i go wave he waves and he's like kind of giddy waving and then i'm like all right olivia you got a shotgun a beer she's like he did not recognize you i'm like yes he did so i turn around and in this moment, that guy turns around and I kind of give him a wave to come over and he like jogs over, definitely a runner. And I go in front of Olivia, oh, do you recognize me? The most vain thing you could possibly say. And he goes, yeah, you're David, you're David Ribich. And I'm like, 
Yes, I am. Thank you so much. Sorry, I just wanted to confirm that because now my girlfriend has to shotgun a beer. Probably not also the best thing to say to a high school boy that like, oh, wow, you look up to me or wow, you recognize me. And now I'm using you to confirm the fact that my girlfriend will now shotgun a beer in your honor. Interesting. Um, but like, long story short, I got recognized, Josh. And you know what? It did feel good. Did it feel did feel good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. It did feel phenomenal. Really? That's good to know, Dave. That's really good to know. I mean, that's awesome. That never really happens to me because I'm never in amusement park staying with children. But, you know, that's that's you all over. That's Davo 101. But um, I feel like we got to know each other pretty well this year. You know, me and Davo lived together for, what, three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, enough. <laughs> I Not have. Enough. Mate, you loved it. Come on. you got to say you enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it was pretty fun. I think I'm sure Olivia got, got definitely. Well, to be fair, she lives with you. I don't know if she'd get sick of me. I don't think she got sick of you, man. I think she's a little bit more bummed out you're gone. Uh, the house know, is just so empty. I'm a, I'm a man that's, that seems to be, everyone seems to want to live with me, man. I don't know. There's something about it. You know, you, these guys here, like, I'm a hot commodity. That's the way it goes, you know? Do you feel as though that you put it, um, yourself on a pretty high pedestal that like you're the best person in the world? No, I wouldn't say so. Third, for sure. Third oh, okay, best. Okay, yeah. Um, nah, I'm joking around. No, but... You know, there were some bad rumors about living with me, you know, on the team, you know, because I had, you know, a tough time early on. But, you know, I found the right people and now the truth has come out. So that's all good, you know. I, I enjoyed it. They you may live close in out nice... any of those rumors or no? No, no, I want I want them to just sit there. But, you know, as a man, I, I feel like the truth's come out. But, you know, living in Dave's icebox for, for four weeks has definitely uh, made me a tougher guy. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to pay for heating. Um, I enjoy the fact that my when I touch my walls, they um, feel cold. I enjoy the fact that I can see my breath in the morning in this home. I think it really does make me a man. You know, Josh talked a lot about that psychological trip that he went through for the last year to submerge himself in ice baths to rise to the top uh, in Tokyo. And I'm doing that every single night when I sleep in this house. So I really think that mentally I'm getting strong enough to handle uh, any race that gets thrown at me. So I'm yeah. submerging myself in the frigid air of the Antarctic here in Seattle, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I did want to, you know, I was just talking about how good of a person I am about having to force my girlfriend to shotgun a beer because I was recognized by a fan. So I want to kind of like humble myself. You know, you guys remember all those um, pins that I wanted to send out? Obviously, you can't reply because it's a podcast, so I'll do it for you. Yeah. So I went into the post office and I go, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to need to send out about 200 of these. And they go, oh, wow, that's crazy. All right. And I was like, I'm going to need to get some of those envelopes. They're like, oh, is that all you're sending? Those little pins. And I go, yes, this is it. This is all I'm sending. They're like, all right. Well, lucky for you, because those are so small, we can just put those in regular envelopes and ship them on our way. And I go, that's wicked cool. Guess I'm going to save our podcast a ton of money. Um. So what ended up happening was is I got probably 150 of those returned to me without pins and all of them were just cut open from the machines. So therefore we lost every single pin that we made except a few stragglers that made it through. So if you have a pin, I think Adrian Archer, if you're listening to this, you've been a longtime fan. I think you sent me a photo. You're the first one to send me a photo in North Carolina. Don't know if I'm supposed to give your state away that got a pin. And I go, here we go. People are going to start posting about us. And then the next flood of 100 DMs were empty pins, empty pins, empty pins, empty pins. And then I got a lot of them returned empty pins. Is this so a bad guys, time to tell you, Dave, that also I didn't hand any pins out when I was back home in the UK? You know what? I guess this just adds, adds to the exclusivity. Exclusivity? I hope that's a word because it sounds cool. Of the cross-country Exclusivity? Exclusivity. Ex okay, we'll move on. So the only reason I realize that now is because remember when you handed them to me and you were like, hey, Josh, take these home. When you go back to the UK, hand these out when you're doing that meet and greet thing. And yeah. I was like, I got you, Dave. I just picked up that bag right next to the podcasting mic right now. Nice. So guys, so, we have a little bit of stock. We're going to bid these out. They're going to be signed. Stock. So it's a pretty exciting time. But Dave, you know, I, I applaud your efforts. I don't think that's your fault. I don't want you to, to, to really feel that one, but you know, those pins are a good idea. I like them. So that means that we're still going to do indoor and outdoor pins or not? We're still going to do indoor and outdoor. We might have a few more cross country ones made. So if you can verify that you sent us your address for the fall pins, I will try to double up and give you more, another cross country pin to make up for that and an indoor pin. Right. What a man. What a man. I'm a good man. I try to be. 
But, a good man that's kicking my ass and training right now, I will say. Hey, that's a perfect segue if you want to talk about getting me back up on that high high seat that I was just in a second ago. You know, so let's let's talk fall training. My guy, David, he has this unreal ability to like really enjoy his off season, have a million beers, you know, go to some buffets, you know, really, really beef up. And then he'll jump on the skill and be like, oh, come on, man. I put on like 0.8 of a pound, you know, this has been a tough time for me. You know, I'm, I'm in a reasonably similar to very, very different situation where, you know, I do the same things and, you know, I feel like I'm running with Dave on my back. And so when I get back into training, Dave was, you know, ripping through sessions, hitting mileage, you know, really building through the fall where I'm, you know, on a bit of a, a boot camp really to, to get down to a weight where I can comfortably run. So Dave's been, Dave's been, you know, hitting it, man. He's been dropping me in sessions. He's been, you know, shit talking me all the way throughout, you know, he's, he's like temple time. He's putting his arm sleeves on. He's trying to push pace. It's a new man. He really is. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, maybe it's time for me to hang up the spikes. Maybe it's Dave's turn. You know, maybe it's like a relay race. You take this year, Dave, I'll take next year, you know? That's and then that means I would take the year things. after that? What? So then it, I'd take next year, you take the year after that, and I'd take the year after that? No, I'll go two in a row for sure. Okay, here. I knew you had Paris on your mind. Okay. Well, let me add some clarity to that. Um, for one, I appreciate the compliments. Yes, I am far fitter than you are and far more capable of working out at the capacity that we need to be right now. But, so I mean, you'd beat me in the time trial that's coming up? You know, here's the crazy thing. I'm not going to discredit you, but I'm not also going to hype you up. Uh, Do neither. Put some money on yourself. I'm not going to put money on myself. Why? Because I'm going to be putting money on myself in June. We'll put money on yourself in December. The whole fall in December is caring less and performing better. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been putting less emphasis on the workouts, been putting less emphasis on, um, you know, we've been going out more and I've been trying to enjoy that. I unfortunately have become the designated driver on two occasions that I would have liked to enjoy myself a bit more, but that's just the reality of being a good friend. And so when Josh is talking about me hitting these workouts and hitting these weights, yada, 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 I think what's more important to that is like my relative fitness to where I end the season to where I pick it back up is a lot smaller than where Josh does. And when we get to peak performance come June, come even probably April and May, I'm going to be probably strides behind and in this form of catch up to where I'll be really working, but I'll be needing to do that very smartly because then that's where we get to championship season. And I like that progression. I like that build. Um, where I need to really start challenging myself come May. But right now, 10-mile tempos at 5.15 pace feel very easy. And I've never been able to say that. So I do feel like a new man. The years have stacked on top of themselves. Some of the miles just stacked on. I've had some shit falls, some shit springs, some shit summers, training and racing as a professional. What's up? And some shit shits. And some shit shits. to to Yeah, to put myself in this position. So it's like, yes, I am doing very well right now, but I'm not going to put myself ahead of anyone else because how fit you are in the fall doesn't matter if you're not fit in June, July. And that's what I want to focus on. So I don't want to put money on myself in December time trial because very likely Danny could say, oh, I want this to be a team effort. And I want you guys to finish close together. And if he does that, then I'm going to fucking roll my eyes and casually take third or fourth and just know that I had a little bit more left in me. I'm going for the dub. You know, yeah. I, I and really then you're going to FaceTime your mom and say, mom, I got him. I got him again two years in a row, mom. <laughs> your dad's gonna say josh i'm very proud of you mate don't come home without the gold weeks we're about three weeks out you know and things you know odds are not with me right now they really aren't the odds are stacked against but you know what champions prevail man i'm still trying to go to spokane though oh really interesting that's cool well i think what would be kind of cool a little bit to talk about considering we you know mostly banter on here and and you're just gonna do some inside chatting and joking around why don't we give a couple of examples of some of our sessions in the fall and just to give a bit of an insight into what it's like to be a beast what our kind of training schedule looks like week to week right now and i'll do the first half of the week and you can do the second half dave so normally you know we we work on a week-to-week basis danny will write our training and put them into kind of a a drop box and uh to be honest we meet five times a week yep yeah we meet five times a week most of us meet every day, to be honest. Um, but officially, we meet five times a week. Monday is, you know, run and doing some drill set. And then we move on to doing doubles later. I'll normally run about 10 to 11 miles on, on a Monday. Uh, Tuesday, we'll do kind of uh, like a fartlek session with some hills, maybe. Um, so we have a hill in Seattle that can go up to about 90 seconds, Dave, right yep. about. 
So we'll run up to up to 90 seconds, do repetitions on there, sometimes do a bit of speed hills uh, on the Tuesday, and then we'll go to weights. And sometimes people double on Tuesday. I'll probably try and hit between 10 and 12 miles on a Tuesday, which we add a little bit of mileage for um, doing hills. So like, say you do three miles of hills, I'll probably count it as like four. If you do four miles of hills, I'll probably count it as five. Uh, and then Wednesday, either I take Wednesday or Saturday off. Um, but if I don't, I'll do just like a five mile easy run. And then Thursday, which was today, we'll do uh, we'll do some, it was a nine, nine, 10 miles, something like that. And then we have plyos, with a couple of drills, and then we have a lots of meetings throughout the week, which I probably haven't said, but we have a ton of meetings. So, so you took four days and I'll get three? Uh, yeah, because I feel like I was on a roll with it. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was very good. Um, and before we segue out of it as well, on Tuesday, we also lift. Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. So um, someone hasn't been listening. Yeah, I have not been listening. I was making sure we got more banter submitted towards the end of this episode. Um, but um, as Josh was saying through all that, we are different in terms of like the day-to-day mileage and the end of the week mileage, which I think at once I'm done talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Josh and I can kind of just say what our last like four weeks have been, just so you can see the very difference in what our training has been, even though we've been hitting the same workouts uh, to some capacity, right, Josh? <laughs> um, and so Friday, we'll typically do like a, a longer tempo um, with the weight room that could vary from minutes on to miles on to just a progression run starting at a pace and getting down to a pace. We've done like five. Don't get too specific, Dev. What's up? Don't get too specific. I won't get too specific. I won't, (laughs) I won't spill the beans on our secret sauce, but, um, and then Saturday, as Josh was saying is a bit more of a recovery day. Some people will take it off. Some people will do a single, some people will do a double, just kind of depending on where their week is rolling out. And then Sunday, we all do come together for a long run of varying distances, but very similar in that of paces. And I think what's very good about Danny's training is there's never this pressured aspect of completing it to somebody else's standard. I'm never going to be doing Josh's work to the completion that he needs it. And he's never going to be doing the things that I need to be doing. So it's like Danny is very individualistic in his training, which I think separates him from a majority, if not every professional coach that I've been able to communicate with athletes under their programming. They say like, oh yeah, like I usually do this guy's work or I usually just hop in the bucket of this. Um, And I think that's good, but I definitely don't think that there's a um, tell all philosophy that like every athlete needs to be doing this because we are very different. Josh and I recover different. Josh and I take our off seasons similarly, but come from it differently. And so it's, um, it's a very good world to be in in the fall where we have this coach that is able to literally manage all the athletes that he has to the capacity that he does. And some of that comes into the segue that we'll talk about with like some team news stuff. Um, But for now that's our week. And I think my last weekly mileage, I was 78 through, okay. I was 75 through seven. And then I went 75 through six. Then I went 80, 82, 83. So that was my last five weeks. 80, 80, 82, 83 through seven. So this week I'll actually drop back down to like 75 through six and then I'll go back to like 80 and then I'll come back down for the trial time trial. I think I was like 55, 58. No, that's a, that's a lie. I'm going to, that was a while ago. 55, 58, 63. I was 65 last week and I'm going for 69 this week. And then I'll be done next week. And then probably try to like, I, I kind of top out at 70 and uh, mid season. I'll probably top out at 65 um, for track season um i just like i'm not really a big mileage guy like my mileage is also really slow like if you came to training it's kind of embarrassing how slow i run most days uh, or try to anyway and so that's just kind of the way that i've ran and been brought up running is just like easy days are easy hard days are hard and we have that aspect when it comes to sessions but sometimes uh part of our team runs faster like i'm a seven and above kind of guy uh, that likes to do that on on kind of really easy days and doubles and things like that will probably be closer to eight minute miling. Uh, and that's just the way that I've always worked. So that, that's kind of how my last five or six weeks have been. Super interesting because like, as of now, like we don't necessarily need a rabbit hole with this, but like, as of now, it seems as though there's been more and more talk about mileage and things like that. Like I know recently in a podcast, um, uh, an individual said mileage is king, like do more miles, you'll be better. And what's your, what's your maximum mileage? I think the max I've ever hit was COVID. I hit 73. And see, that's crazy because in any given week, I bet a majority of our listeners have hit 73, you know, and for you, that's your maximum. That's a, I've been there once scenario. I also run off six days. Yeah. 
like I normally take one complete day off a week. I like my body to have a full recovery day. Um, but yeah, so most of my mileage is off six days. But yes, I have never gone over 73. I normally average around, for the year, probably average around 63 to 65. Um, and a lot of that mileage is pretty slow. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's the thing. Like there's no tell-all. Um, yeah, it's training in Seattle. Uh, pros, cons, Josh. We can, we can kind of sweep this one pretty quick so we can get into our indoor-outdoor scheduling of things. But I really like being around Brooks HQ, to be honest. I think, you know, being able to spend time with um, our sports marketing team, getting in there for lunch, getting in there to do meetings, and we do a bunch of meetings. I don't think I've had a day without meeting, like, for four weeks, which has been good and bad. But, um, yeah, I enjoy that aspect of it. And the running's good. Like, the long run stuff's good. Uh, the weather's been up and down. Uh, but I think it's, it's the same anyway, really. Like, you know, we'll, we'll have rainy days, we'll have dark days, but that's the way it goes. But I enjoy it in the fall. No, I would agree with that. I mean, like we get like the transitional um, piece of Seattle where it's warm, sunny days and it starts getting into like colder, sunny days to then getting darker, no sunny days. And then we leave right when it gets really bad. So like I've only really ever experienced the beautiful fall of Seattle, Um, but it's been pretty dark recently. Uh, It's been really dark. Um, Especially when you nap between like two and five. I woke up and it was dark outside. I said, you could have told me it was 8 p.m. and I would have believed you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, training in Seattle is great. We also really bounce around a lot of the local parks, uh, and Seattle is one of the most runnable cities, I think in the country. I mean, you have Green Lake, you have Magnuson, you have the Burke that covers over 60 miles. You have, um, Discovery Park. You can drive 40 minutes out and you can literally be on any soft surface trail you desire. If you want hills flat, whatever. So I would say in terms of training and in terms of places that you really could get good runs in Seattle is very yeah, good for a major for a city. city for a major city. Yeah. Seattle's better than Portland. And I ran in Portland last week. I was just south of it for all of college. Seattle is a better running city than Portland. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say so. All yeah, right, Josh, cool. let's get a little bit more um, bread and butter, not peanut butter, because you are indeed allergic, but bread and butter. What's our indoor outdoor schedule looking like? So I don't really like to race indoor. Like my philosophy with that is like, I'm, I'm a bit bigger as you may be able to tell. So getting around the, those bands, that's hard for me. So being do, like doing a whole indoor season is really something that I do. Uh, just I kind of like to get in and out before anything crazy happens. So I'll probably open up with like an eight in either at UW or in at UNM or something like that. And then my goal is to run Milrose from there. Uh, so I, I really enjoy going to New York, and I think that would be really cool to, to go and do again. And I've never won it, so I would really want to go out and win that. But, again, it's like a step-by-step for me. Like there's one date next year that there are mm, – one day that's super important to me and then another day that's like really important to me. Um, and those are the two dates that I'm going to be going for like pretty hard. So anything that doesn't kind of fall into that category is not something that I want to do. You know, there's talk about going after the world record next year. Do I want to be involved in that? I'm not sure. Like I really don't know if that's possible for me. Um, I know I was in 327 something shape last year at the peak of my performance, but do I want to be in that kind of shape or go after that kind of shape and be better on a random day that doesn't seem very me so unsure about that but yeah i've got a couple of days in my in my mind that i, I want to go for and indoors isn't something that typically ticks the boxes for for me to be amazing outdoors so that's kind of my view on it i won't go for a world team i'll go for a european team for indoors so that's what that's i want to get a little bit more intimate with that josh not like romantically but intimate in terms of just like in the fields a bit more because we never we've never really had like a real serious serious chat about where you're at currently in your career because if you were to hang your spikes up now people would say well, that was a successful career you might have not not in your terms of definition but someone would say he made an olympic team he got an olympic medal bravo you know you obviously want more and that's why you're still running that's why you're not going to relinquish anything like you're obviously your head and heads in the game but is there any part of you that kind of has come off tokyo in like a blue scenario where you like you have it's been hard to come back or is there anything that's like you're worried you could never get back to that point? Like, where does it come from when you get to this high, you get to this pinnacle, and then now you're like back in this stage of like you get your ass kicked by me every day? I had to segue in a little joke to kind of lighten it. No, no, I get where you're coming from. And there, there is that. I had that in NCAAs. Like when I won the first one, I was like, you know, this is awesome. Like I won the second one and I was like, what else do I have to prove really? Like, you know, I'll go ahead and try and win another one. But like going back to training is sometimes very like humbling where – 
you go from being on this extreme high, really, really fit, injury-free and in a sunny place and having the best time of your life. And then, you know, you get chucked into some rainy, cold, dark sessions where you get your ass handed to where you're carrying a little bit more, uh, you know, summer summer weight from, from your holidays. Yeah, it's definitely humbling. But, you know, I do genuinely feel like the, the first that medal at Tokyo was for everyone else. And then the rest of my career is going to be for me. Like my goals, like when I started, my goals were to win. My goals have always been to win, but like this one is like, you know, I can hand that away to the people that have helped me being like, we've had a successful career, whatever we can say from now on, it's like, we've had a successful career and we can look back on it fondly. Like, but for me to live with myself and, and for the decisions I've made internally from when I was nine years old, like I know I can never stop until I'm the best. And that's not like win at all costs. Like I'm not a win at all costs guy. Like if I race you and you beat me on the day, like too good, like well done. You're better than me on the day. I'm not never going to cross any lines and never going to cut any corners, but I know I can be the best in the world because I had a good year last year, but it wasn't, there was so much that I can be better on. And I'm, you know, 0.05 away from a silver medal. I'm, you know, one point, you know, less than one second away from a gold medal at the, at the Olympics. Like I can find those seconds. Um, and so I know that I can do that and I, I can, I can owe that to myself and, and then look back on my career at that point and then, and be happy with it. But yeah, if you, if you have big goals, you have to kind of go after it. But what, what I want to know from you, Dave, to be honest, is, is more, more along the lines of, are you, you're in this amazing part of the season where you're fit, you're happy, you're healthy. Is there on those session days, you know, how you've pulled back and you're like, Oh, you know, I'm here till I do my work, whatever. Like, is there an element of like, are you scared that because it's all going so well that you just don't want to ruin it? Is that, oh, in terms is of that like back? an element of like, cause we're working together and you know, I can tell that you're not working as hard as me. And like, I think everyone can tell that that's pretty obvious, but this is easily your best fall. Is there an element of you saying I'm you're more scared to ruin it than you are to, to build more. And um, how's that balance been? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, this is probably the least scared I've ever been in my career, to be honest. Um, I'm not scared of the possibilities. I'm not scared of not making teams. I'm not scared of getting cut. I'm not scared of any of those types of things. I've, my number one priority is to be present. So I think to be scared is to be too forward thinking or too past thinking. If I'm scared, I think that would stem from me thinking on past experiences that have gone horribly wrong. And if I'm scared, that means I'm thinking too far ahead in advance to where I still have got five months to get there. So my number one priority right now is just to be literally as present as I can. And if I'm not working as hard or if Danny changes the workout right before I get going and says, we're not going to go to the well today. I have to take that for what it is and just trust like that's exactly what I need to do because if I can continue to work out at 80 and 85% and stay healthy, when I get the opportunity to go hundred percent, I think I'll really be able to do some damage um, with my, with my competitors because I'm building and I'm building and I do feel like I'm building fitness and it feels good to be able to be in a position where we do these progressions and I'm not working as hard. Um, like you said, in terms of, when I come back in a tempo and I'm next to you and I can just hear you go, come on, Josh, come on. You know, like, <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I'm embracing that culture of that team camaraderie of like, I want to work with you guys and working with you guys on that day is just everyone staying together. I'm not going to be a fucking hero and win a fall tempo on a Friday because that's not where like, I want the glory of it. I want the glory of it when it comes to the track. And so I'm not scared. Um, I'm excited. I would say that I'm nervous but I'm not necessarily scared. And I don't think any of this is going to go to waste because my number one priority on every single day that I race, every day that I work out is to be present. And every day in between a Tuesday and a Friday for me, this entire fall has just been like a buffer to get to the point of a Tuesday and a Friday. Like I could have ran yesterday. My sheet said I was going to run. And if Danny's listening to this, I didn't run. I woke up and I was like, I need this day to rest. Like I know big picture, like this is a trigger point for somehow my body's feeling. I'm just going to take a chill. I'm going to go walk Alfie for 90 minutes. We're going to go play golf. And I was active for multiple hours, but I took that day off um, knowing like that was the most present decision that I could make. So long story short, no, not scared. Cause that's <laughs> well, my tell thinking. me a little bit more about your indoor schedule and indoor wells and stuff like that. Yeah. You and I are in a, in a very different scenario. And in terms of like listeners, like you have the, you have your high school season, right? Your coach comes to you and you have these meets, 
Um, and I would almost say that the biggest difference between a college to a high school and professional or professional to a college and a high school athlete is that professional athletes don't necessarily know their schedule when they are in, let's say there's an A, B and C tier system. Okay. C tier professional athletes will run only collegiate meets and then run USA championships if they qualify. Um, B um, tier professional athletes will run some college invites, some bigger invites throughout the year, USA championships with a high likelihood that they'll make their nationality team. Then you have the A tier athletes that only run big invites, go to their, their major championships, and then also make teams go to Olympics, go to worlds. So there's like this tier system of professional athletes where everybody wants the same slice of cake, but that cake kind of gets divided out to those that have already kind of been there and already are kind of showing promise that like, we're going to build the best event that we can build. So in like college, if you brought your team to a meet and, and it's similarly to that, like some people don't get into meets, you know, in college, like you go to the Husky invite and you have three entries and you have 30 people on your team that happened a lot in division two division. One's a little bit different. I don't, I don't want to get into the whole politics of, of the sport in college, but like Josh is saying that he'll run one or two indoor meets and he'll call it a season for that season and build for outdoor where I'm almost the opposite. Like, I don't know what options I'm going to have in front of me. Like I still don't know a hundred percent. I've gotten word back from Miller Rose of just like, yeah, like David's on our list, but like, what does that mean? Does that mean that I can put January 29th down on my calendar and get ready for a really great race? Not necessarily. That means like I'm in the heads of the meet director. My agents has talked to them. So for me, my indoor schedule is really going to be piecing together what we're given um, and building off that because I'm going for a world team indoor. I want to make that world indoor team. Um, I think where my fitness is at right now, where my head's at right now, I think I could make that. Um, and if I can do that, then I can slingshot into outdoor. And if I don't make it cards run on the day, kind of like what you're saying, like, I feel as though I'm at a point where if I don't make a team, it's because they beat me opposed to because I lost. And so if I could have a perfect schedule, I would do a meet in New Mexico or UW in early January, I'd run Milrose. I would run one more major world tour meet, whether that's a Boston or a meet in Europe, Danny already gave me the green light to go ahead and travel a little bit more than normal. And then I'd come back for USA's, make the world team, go back over to Europe, race world championships, take my break. That's cool. And so, I mean, for the, I can't even get words out. So I think what's really important in our team is we all have massively different goals as well. So like Dave doing that, me doing something totally different. A lot of people race into shape. A lot of people don't. A lot of people like to go for one or two. Some people like to go for five or six. And, you know, that's just the way that Danny's going to have to <laughs> deal with us this year. And, and hopefully Brooks will back our budgeting for, for all of our travel expenses. So that's that's kind of the way the way this year is going to work. But, you know, you know, speaking about our team, our team is changing. You know, our team has made some big steps this year towards being an incredibly elite tier, like top tier team. Um, you know, we, I'm not saying we weren't before, but, you know, we're making strides to being bigger. We're making strides to having a stronger women's team. And we're also making strides to, to have a stronger uh, coaching staff. So like we were, we were talking about before, our, uh, our, what would you call a designer on the Sit Kick podcast is now our, our friend our, that we occasionally paid for his talents for his talents is now our new assistant coach um, on the, on the beast team, Julian Flores. And, you know, that's a massive, a massive improvement for us, you know, bring taking off uh, Danny's responsibilities. Um, he's constantly he's working, making sure everyone's happy, making sure everyone's, you know, got all their stuff done and, and uh, booking things. And, and it just makes our lives a lot easier and smoother. And, and just having that kind of buffer for Danny as well, for some people's issues or problems or whatever's happening on the team. Like, you know, there's another set of eyes and there's another person that can kind of be there and help or wherever possible. So, you know, I think, I think this is going to be a massive year for us and having those, you know, those extra eyes watching us is, is going to be huge, especially to help out with Sarah as well, our athletic trainer. So, you know, we, we signed three new, three new athletes and, and Waleed Solomon, Devin Dixon, and then uh, Laurie Barton. Yeah. I crushed the surname. I didn't know if it was Barton or Barton, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I think everyone's getting along really well, and and uh, you know, some some great recruits for us, and some some gold mines, to be honest, in in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely, and and I think what's great about this um, too is because of the investments that Brooks is now making into our team, we are able to expand to the capacity that we are, and that's only going to make us better. And 
when I think about the opportunity that we have, not only as like a professional team, but also as like a corporation and also as this tied commodity with Brooks, this is truly does feel as though now with this year, like we've said it in the past, like we feel as though we're part of the corporation, but in the last six months, I feel like we have been tied a lot closer to them in the best way possible. Like there's a sense of not responsibility, but almost like I do feel like a little bit more of a home team rooting um, from the Brooks to us. It's, it's a really good feeling. And Brooks is doing a great job of putting assets in our um, favor to try to pursue this dream. And I have no idea how much money they make off of, make off us, even if they're in the the negative on that. I have no idea if we sell shoes or whatever, you know, like I'd love to see the statistics of how much they're investing to how much they're returning, but they pay my bills. So I'm not going to (laughs) complain about it. (laughs) Yeah. I ain't going to complain. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, even adding more people on our sports marketing team, um, for us to work with on a day-to-day basis has been, has been great from their, from their side of things. I think just overall, we've just elevated over the last six months or so. And yeah, I mean, we were, you know, at the CMO's house yesterday or, you know, two days ago, um, Mm -hmm. having dinner as a team, like we, we are massively involved in this company and it's so cool. Even her house is absolutely sick, but yeah, and her husband um, invited me to go duck hunting anytime I wanted to. So, oh really? Duck hunting take with him the boys. Up on it? I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him a text and just say, "Hey, let me know when you guys go out next. I'll come down." That's cool. But yeah, all we're saying is like it's a super positive environment. Like um, everyone that, that kind of we work with in sports marketing, I find is 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 incredibly incredibly important to to our team and and just being very fun to work with, to be honest. Um, but we're we're gonna move on to a little bit more of a game. Um, I would say is probably the, the best way to do it. We we have just a top ten countdown game, you know. You know, Dave's been working on his, it <laughs> his sucked, animations. You guys. It absolutely sucked. And no one cared. No one cared. Absolutely, so, no one cared. Josh will explain the game, but I want to say first off, you guys are what I've realized is the sit and kick community are about authenticity and the banter. And that's really what we've built our entire brand off of. So when I put these nice, like illustrated graphics up there of top 10 countdown sitting kick season five, you know, like you guys didn't give two shits about that. It's got like a hundred <laughs> likes on it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I sweat for hours to make these sick graphics. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut the, cut the bullshit graphics. We're just going to give you the real unedited content of like, you want a photo of Josh nearly naked in his chair? Boom. Sending that your way. Right, Josh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So explain the game. So the game is just the, the top 10 countdown. I'm going to give you the name and it's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say that person. But I'm not yep. going to say in order so you can so you mm, can think about mm, it. Yeah, and we're mean? using the the nine names. We had a top 10 countdown. We gave you nine. And this is when you'll t- we'll tell you who number one is, but you got to hang on a little bit longer. Just a but, little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But we are going to tell you the first word that comes to our mind with this person. And then we're also going to kind of give a reason why we want them on our podcast because you guys submitted them and that's because you want them. And now we're going to tell you why we want them. So Josh, go ahead and give me the first name and I'll hit one with you. Wait, are you giving me all the names? Yeah, I'm, we'll do one each. Okay. One each. Yeah. So number three, Stevie McSwain. That's what I was going to read for you. Oh, look at that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say legend. <laughs> that's the word that comes to my mind i think stewie's a legend man he's one of the most consistent and underrated athletes in the world why would you say he's underrated because he doesn't win races ouch he doesn't win races every race as he's been in someone's just done a little bit better but look at his prs what about the looks- australian trials in the tank hey dog that's because there are only australians there <laughs> Put him on the world stage. Put him in the Diamond League. He always gets beat. I think he won one or two Diamond Leagues this year, and he just always flew under the radar. You know but how much man, money that Ingrid Britson probably would have paid him all year for that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he also paced out those races, essentially. He always got on the pacers. He always put his head down, and he worked. His PRs from 1,200 up to the half marathon are crazy. So yeah. I'm going to say legend because he will go down as one of the most legendary Australian uh, track and field athletes in history. I respect that. That's why I want him. Okay. All right. Number eight, Craig Angles. Loser. Russian doll, isn't he? <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know, I just think it's difficult to find someone, a, a person, another personality in the track and field world that's so authentic and so like just sticks to his brand at all times. And so I think there's no bullshit with him. It's just like he is who he is and he has some really fun takes and he's pretty unfiltered. So I think that's the reason I, I, I think he's one of my favorite guests that we've had on here is just because he is just just really fun to, to talk to about most running things 
you know, we got to hang out with him a little bit this year and, and, you know, I, I had a really good time with that. And, you know, I hope that he finds the team that he wants for, you know, keeping in the sport. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for, but I'm sure he has loads of talk to us about on it. And then I think we got him to confirm him being on the yeah, podcast twice. Um, twice. He said he'll do two, two, uh, <laughs> two podcasts with us for an exchange of one strip club uh, with the boys. So let's just say he has been confirmed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you want to take that i don't need it yeah i do i want to um yeah uh well you tell your missus about that yeah of course i did i'm sure you did talked about all of it every single ounce ounce okay that makes us sound like there are ounces <laughs> of things so we're not every single ounce meaning i milked the entire didn't milk anything either i'm gonna just move on to the next thing okay um, i'll say right. the next name then uh you say the next name yeah <laughs> You catch on quick there, Dave. Let's hope you didn't catch anything else. I uh, so number six. <laughs> There's hunted. a rumor that I no. Okay, number six, go. What what was the rumor? <laughs> I didn't want I didn't want anyone to form rumors. So I almost just made up a rumor about myself. That's not even true because I'm like, if someone says this is the rumor. I don't want to put that in anyone's mind. So there's no rumors about you me. You don't want to put anything in. Anything I'm in so hot. My house is not inside. an icebox. It's a heater. Okay. Don't put anything in anyone's mind and don't put anything in your mouth. Right. Number <laughs> six, Hunter and Tara. Oh, um, powerful. Like they're a powerful couple. They're like the, they are the Kardashians of track and field. Like they, they are always on YouTube. They're always on social media. They're both sponsored by champion. Their YouTube's great. They're on Ellen DeGeneres. They're really a shot in the dark for a guest that you guys submitted because <clears throat> No idea if they have an appearance fee. We will be paying our guests through season five. Um, but if they want to come onto the show, all power to them. I think that would be a really great episode because we've never had a couple. We've never had a duo on like that. Um, we've had teams and we've had uh, multiple people, but we've never had a romantic couple that are both very good in their sport. Olympic yeah. finalist, I think she was sixth. And then Hunter was an Olympic medalist as well for the Paralympics. And so it's just great um, to see them doing so much in the sport because they were in people's magazine. They were on Ellen DeGeneres. Like they're putting eyes on our sport. So if we can give them a little bit more love on the old sit and kick podcast, then I say all power to them. Let's get them those verifications. Cause you know, I'm sure they don't have it already. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to hit you with the number four, Keely Hodgkinson. You've put, a J in there. I put about six letters. She looks, a bit more Nor- she looks more Norwegian with that last name spelling that I put her down, but you know exactly yeah. who I'm talking about. There's some, there's some squiggly red line under that one for sure. You know, first word. That sounded weird. For, oh, first word. I kind of forgot that's what we were doing. And um, breakthrough is probably Ooh. the word I would use. And, um, you know, I think she's a really fun person to talk to. And also, you know, one of the situations where she's kind of been thrown into this like spotlight and it's going to be difficult for her to handle, I'm sure. Like, well, I'm sure she'll handle it fantastically, but it's still still a difficult situation to be in where, you know, you have been put all this pressure on from one season, you know. Um, I probably think similar to, you know, a Cole Hawker or something like that, where, you know, next year everyone's expecting you to be that big dog of, of going out and, and winning or going out and meddling. And, and uh, you know, it's difficult to be that consistent if you've just, you know, been thrown in the spotlight like that. And um, she deserves all the, you know, all the spotlight she's been given. But, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation with her to try and see how she's going to handle that. And if she has kind of, you know, new people on her team to, to kind of help with that. I know she has an awesome coach and, coaching staff and things like that so i'm sure she'll be amazing but um i think that's just gonna be a really interesting conversation yeah no i'm looking forward to that um i like i like her instagram profile too because just a little tornado in her bio that's it and i just kind of feel like that's such a power move of just like i don't know i interpret that as like we going crazy you know like woo, like a tornado but then i also interpret that as like i'm not going to put anything in my bio like i'm not going to fluff my bio like you know who i am if you're on my page so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward Insert to that. Insert Dave taking everything off his bio. <laughs> Insert a tornado going out to my bio 2022. Love it. You forgot how this game works, Dave? Yeah. Did you? I've asked you who Keely Hodgkinson. That's great. Um, Kate Grace. 
number seven. Insightful. I thought that she brought a really great element when she came onto the podcast. And she was one of the people that I've always wanted to talk to. I've never actually met her, um, but she's always someone that I've respected in the sport and someone that I felt as though had a very good, kind of similar to Craig, but like a very authentic approach, less chaotic than Craig, but like she's always stayed true to herself. I mean, she's been with a few brands she's left teams but she's always done something to better herself in her own career knowing that like that's the path she wants to take so for me um insightful is very good because i think kate is where she's at in the sport because of how good she is um for her own self uh without like making herself selfish um so did she uh reach out to you and say that she didn't want to be on or something on a comment i think i saw that oh yeah so that was actually interesting um so i did um I did like this high school uh, professional PR thing where I had all like a bunch of people submitted their PRs, but I reposted all the pros and put their podcast or their podcast, put their PRs out there um, to sit, to show everyone that every pro right now had a different PR in high school. Um, Cause it's called a personal record. Right. So I did a big thing. It was actually one of my most successful like week campaign things that I did. I actually kind of budgeted that not budgeted scheduled that thing out to make it um, as good as it was, but I shared a photo of Kate Grace and she came back with a comment, like shared it over her story. Um, and I'll actually just pull it up because I thought it was very, again, insightful of her to share what she did. And I did message her about it just to make sure that there was no um, bad blood between us for what I shared. Um, I don't even know if, okay, I can't see it anymore because it was on her story. Um, essentially, I shared a photo of her at the Olympic trials and it was her with like six pack abs and her looking really fierce and all these things. And what she reposted was my shared story and it was like funny how this photo always circulates um it's one of the times where i was the fittest i'd ever been in my life but now looking at this photo i also see some bigger issues of like i definitely underfed for the olympic trials i definitely put too much um, pressure on my body image things along those lines i'm gonna end it at that because i don't want to like add words that might not have been in that post but i essentially messaged her and said um like i definitely want to send out the right message here um, of you being confident and happy with anything that I share, um, especially if it's something that is of you. Um, I use this photo on the fly. I didn't mean to like add any element to this. And she said, just thought about it on my run of how it's ironic that my favorite photo of myself is from the worst performance weekend. Uh, need to do an ego check going into races for herself. And so we just talked in back and forth. She said, thanks for checking. She's like, but this is not a call out to me at all. So she did share my photo and kind of add like this bigger, broader message. Um, but yeah, she, she didn't say no. Um, she actually said like, yeah, she'd come back on. Uh, she did say though that she has been on tons and tons of podcasts already. <laughs> so she so. she said she needs to think about some things to be more interesting. Um, <laughs> but with that, with all that, what I did want to say is I think what we need to do also, Josh, is kind of like brainstorm while we're podcasting. We're going to call these people hosts. We're, they're going to come on. They're going to co-host the episode. They're not going to be guests at this point because really what we try to do is put them on a level playing field with us. And they also drive the conversation. There might be an interview dynamic. And I know that's what you guys like, but we also wanted them to be able to come on and shoot the shit and banter with us. Like they are really treated as a co-host. So I think throughout it all, it's going to be, you're going to have us as hosts, but who's going to be the next co-host that comes on for the episode. I like that. Um, she when when she got announced at, num at number seven, she commented on it saying that she didn't want to come on as like a joke. So that's what I was saying. I didn't really know any of the oh. other stuff. Oh, yeah, it's all right though. I mean, I think I think you covered things well. Um, but yeah, we can move on. Oh, so you're <laughs> saying there's a chance? Um, all right, let's go to number ten, Daniel Mackey. The nerd himself. Seems like a more than one word, but I'll let it go. Oh, oh I forgot. I keep forgetting because you go on these tangents, you see, Dave. I keep forgetting what bloody game we're playing. Um, genius. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say dog. No, I'm not going to say that either. Uh, coach. I'm just going to go with coach. Whoa, uh, guys. Big, big <laughs> million dollar word from Josh Kerr. Yeah, well, you know, that's why they pay me the M's. So, no, I just think that, you know, it's going to be really cool for everyone to have an insight on. Because we, I mean, I'm terrible. I'm absolutely terrible at trying to tell people what we do. Like, on a day-to-day -day basis, he continues to tell us about all these what systems. Do you, what do you say today? Priming. Yeah, micro system? Yeah, all these 
systems he's priming and all this and other this that, and the next thing and i think that the person that can do that the best is him and and uh, i don't think we give him enough credit when it comes to how hard he works for for us so i think it's going to be a really interesting conversation for anyone listening to kind of see what uh kind of the perspective of a professional coach that's able to coach uh, at this level um, and have the success that he does so you know maybe dive into the mind of of mr mckay yeah, and, and he will he is confirmed actually for Wednesday, uh, the 24th, the day before Thanksgiving. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys a holiday travel episode that you guys can listen to coming back from your holiday extravaganzas. And uh, Danny is brilliant and put some mother respect on the man's name. And that's exactly what we hope to do with our podcast episode. So That's the goal. Uh, why don't we go for number five, Des Linden? Dude, Des Linden is one of my favorite people. Oh, one word. Um try and keep it short all right i'll keep it short so we don't keep people for hours and hours on this episode all right because we still have to get in the banter bowl so one word for des is going to be oh shit um one word for des is going to be boston um and i'm gonna say boston because her dog's name is boston i'm gonna say boston because that was her big moment. Even though she was an Olympian before that, that was what kind of inspired everyone to run. Honestly, she was like um, a torch in a dark night. You know, she brought a lot of people happiness and joy. And I've ran with Des in um, uh, Central Park and it was like nonstop people recognized her. And I think that was so cool because she was an icon. And so I want Des on here she, to talk some whiskey, to talk some Formula One, to talk some Brooks. And she's a Brooks running athlete. We see her every single day at the headquarters on a poster. So you, you can never get enough of Des, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I like it. All right. Um, we're going to hit uh, number two, Molly Seidel. This one word stuff is really getting me, to be honest. Um, I can't say the same word that I've said with other people. Uh, performer. Mm, yeah. I think I've had a I've had a multiple discussions with people if her more impressive um, race was the Olympic trials of the Olympics because – for your first ever marathon to be the Olympic trials and, and making a team is insane. It's yeah. like unbelievable. And I think, I think she ran one marathon in between the trials and the Olympic Games. So it was her third marathon when she got, you know, the bronze of the Olympics. So, you know, I would love to know what her opinion is on that and what was the hardest part of that. And, you know, it's just so interesting to see someone that has kind of struggled at not struggled, but like hasn't found their home at other distances, which Dave, I'm sure you kind of like relate to in some way. And then find, and then find, uh, and find your home in a distance so quickly. Uh, you know, I'm uh, a division two record holder. Are you still a division two record holder? Hell yeah, brother. brother. Even with the damn shoes. Hell yeah, brother. I did it in flip flops. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we're not going to pitch any other podcast, but she had a very great episode on the Kitty's Mad podcast with Chris Chavez. That could Pretty segue sure her. Sidious, Mag. It's Kittyus. It's not Clidius. That's disgusting. Um, Sidious. <laughs> You're a mess, mate. I'm a mess right now. Uh, I forgot number what the Number nine. I think Mo, I'm going to go ahead and say better breakthrough. Similar to that of Kelly or Keely, but she uh, kicked nah, her dog. butt. No, not yeah. having it. Yeah, better breakthrough. Uh-huh. I think what's really cool about her is you look at her collegiate progression and you look at her collegiate resume. She's going to win the Bowerman, hands down. She has to. And The Bowerman uh, hasn't been sorted yet? It hasn't been sorted. It's sorted in December. Lord. Good Lord. I know you never you never got into that, so um, you wouldn't understand. Uh, I was on the watch list. Thank you. The watch list. You know, no Division Two athletes are on the watch list. So that's bullshit. Do um, they not have their own? No, they don't have their own. It would be called like... They barely have their own national meet job. Instead of it being like the Barman Award, it could be like the International Mile Award. <laughs> I could literally... Oh, I see. Yeah, that was a pretty classic joke. Nice one, Josh. Thank you. Um, but yeah, if you look indoor uh, NCAA, she ran the 400 meters instead of the 800. And a bunch of people were ridiculing that over social media. And then four months later, she won Olympic gold. So they can go ahead and get behind the keyboard and the message boards and say, I was wrong but they won't. All right. Number one, what you guys have been waiting for, Josh, you're going to need to explain to yourself, take as much time as you need here. We're going to surpass an hour. That's just the reality of this. Cause we're getting into the banter bowl next, but this is a great segue to the banter bowl. If you wanted to, to every other back and forth to get me to ask you about this one person, you did a successful sneaky job there, sir. So I'm going to say it. Number one, 
obviously is David, I mean, Jakob Ingebrigtsen. One word and then explain yourself. Burnout. <laughs> Burnout. Oh my Lord, Josh, give us a break. That guy wiped you on the floor. Did he? He did. Did he? On the day. Yep. He did. No, I just, you know, I think it's tough. Like I, I said this to Dave and he was like, well, what about um, when we had um, Jake Whiteman on? And I'm like, well, I knew who Jake Whiteman was. I didn't need to like go out of my way to learn about him and then have a conversation with him in a different language. And so all I'm saying is like, I don't know Jakob very well. You know, we've raced a couple of times. I don't think I've ever beaten him. Is it because he doesn't uh, tag you on social media? Has he posted a photo of me? A couple of him on top of the podium. Oh, really? Too good. Nah, it's too high up there. I didn't want to go up there. Um, yeah, so to be honest, like, I feel like I'm, I don't particularly want to learn about the guy and sit and shoot the shit with him because, like, he's not trying to be like a dick about it, but he's a big reason why I didn't win the Olympics. So why would I want to sit and be his best mate? You know, same reason yeah. we don't have Timothy Cherry on here. Like it's just like, you know, if, if I don't already know you or like, you know, chatted going through NCAA together or, you know, met each other before and, and kind of, you know, were able to have a great conversation, then why would I want to have him on the podcast? So you know, you, you can have that conversation with him on your own on the podcast. It's completely fine with me, but I'm not going to be in the conversation. Will you be on the episode? No. Nah. You won't be on the episode? No. Nah. Interesting. And you, I mean, you can reach out to him if you want to have him on. That's completely fine. Like, I don't have anything against it, but I'm just not going to be in the conversation. Nothing against the kid. It's just like, you know, would you have Olivia's ex-boyfriend on the podcast? He's probably in jail, so he probably can't come onto the podcast. We're getting deep with it. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like it's not like a big beef. It's just like, you know, he. I need to be better than him. You Why don't want to kiss another ass? guy when you want to try to kill him. You know. Sure, kills definitely like up there with pretty intense words. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want to. I want to be better than him, so I'm not going to kiss yeah. his ass for an hour. All right, fair enough. But why don't we kiss the ass of Centro then? Was he on the list? Um, we may have sniped him off the list. But in <laughs> fairness, we do want to actually have that full conversation with him in person. We don't want him to find out that he wants to be a guest. Or we want him on the podcast. Over I know him. I, I've had good conversations with Centro. I've enjoyed my conversations with him. And, and I would sure we'd have a you know great chat and good banter on here, to be honest. Because I think he's... But I don't know. I've I don't, never really seen him on a podcast. So I don't know. It's not like it. Like we'll pay every guest that comes on here. We'll pay their time. Like it's not like we're we're asking for people's time for nothing in exchange now. So yeah. you know, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But it's it's you know, it's a solid hourly rate to be honest. Yeah, and we also want to be able to be respectful of Centro of like when we bring him on the podcast, we want to ask him in person. We don't want him to find out like we want him on our podcast over like Instagram, where we have definitely caused a lot of shit and beef from that. So. Oops. We want to be able, yeah, whoops. We want to be able to just kind of bring that up to him in person. Just be like, yo, what's up? What's good? Come on the podcast. Let's clear the air. Let's have a good time. Josh is obviously aggressively undefeated against you, but that's not to say that we don't want you on the podcast while I'm only defeated against you. So he meets right in the middle. Um, but we're going to kind of segue out of this and go into the banter after Josh got a little bit hot and heavy with his I'm kid comments. I'm warm and flustered. I'm warm and overweight. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the thing that you wrote in? Um... Yeah, maybe not now. I think we okay. can figure that out first. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, but it's a lot of great things about um, accommodations for athletes um, and listeners. So we're moving on to the fan submitted banter bowl. Josh and I will open our phones. This is the first time that we've looked at these. We're going to read them off. Uh, actually, the fly. It actually is. I haven't been on Instagram. I haven't, I haven't been on Instagram either. Website. We could have two or we could have 20, but we're just going to scroll through or not scroll through and just get I'm up some views. All right, so we're going to go to the bottom I'm of the... I'm going to lie to you, David. Yep. Oh, wait, no, I don't need to lie. I'm all good. Okay, if Jakob isn't number one guest on the podcast, I think it's time to call it a day. Well, Smith98, um, don't worry about it. He's number one. Will he be on the podcast? Yes. Will Josh be on the podcast? No. Uh, did Dave voluntarily choose to go D2, to a D2 school or was that his only option? 
that was indeed one of my only options. It was D2 or NAI. And I thought, you know what, might, might as well climb the ladder as high as I can. Not just put you down on NAI if that's just a bad, bad joke. Um, is the mustache on Dave for no shave November or personal choice? I don't have a mustache. This is like two days of growth. So give me a break. Um, so Josh also has a better mustache than I do. And this is the first time I've ever said that and probably will ever say that. I like it. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong one. Uh, oh, there's two. Okay. There's two. Uh, okay. Whose seat is Craig taking on the podcast when he joins Brooks? Is he going to join Brooks? That'd be cool. If you go back to another podcast, Run Your Mouth Podcast with David Melly, not shouting them out, but he did say that in quotes, if I'm going to continue running, I'm going to be joining a team. So I have no idea where that's going to be in any of any regard. But if Craig comes onto the podcast, he could easily have a seat in the house, you know, not necessarily every episode, but he is a, he's a good dude, good banter, nearly at 100K followers on Instagram. So we could just kind of clout chase him a little bit. Um, let me look. He's at 96.3K. So he'd be a good little addition to sharing some of our stories. <laughs> Maybe we just need him as a hype man, but he is not taking my seat because I founded this. I'm the Christopher Columbus of sit and kick. I'm not. Um, Are you still talking? I'm not anymore. Um, how does it feel that on has a better podcast than Brooks now coffee club over sit and kick? All right. Well, hear me out with this bowl. All right. So for one, the, <clears throat> I love the guys. They've been on our podcast, but I'll shoot some banter their way. They're using Morgan's YouTube as a platform to kind of promote growth. But with YouTube, we can see how many listens they have and our listens are, are surpassing their YouTube lessons. So shame on them for using that. Um, two, they're sitting around a table with uh, corded mics and video quality is not exceptional. Going to give them some professional recommendation, hype that thing up, make it a little bit better, more enjoyable for the viewers, you know? Uh, and number three, my dog is far cuter than Ollie's dog and it would beat it in a fight. And that was another banter submission. Submitted question was who could win in a fight, Ollie's dog or my dog? Alfie, dude. Alfie's named after Alfie Solomon from fucking Peaky Blinders. You know, Alfie, you know, that guy. So I'm going to go. What line am I supposed to have crossed? What line am I supposed to have crossed? <laughs> so unless that I, his dog's name is Thomas Shelby, I ain't taking shit from no one. All right. I'm just saying his dog looks a bit like a dog. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> like a dog. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but no, love the guys. Um, would love to give a little bit more chat with them, maybe even on a surprise episode. I don't know. Good dudes. Great experience from them, but you're really giving them a shit sandwich here, aren't you? Compliment, roast, compliment. Why don't you finish it with a roast, Dave? Finish it with a roast. Their their Um, guests have been terrible. Their guests have been bad. They had Waleed Suleiman on there. Come on, guys. Imagine having him on there. Imagine having him on there. That brings me into my next uh, question. Who's your favorite new teammate? Favorite new teammate? Devin. Dude, Devin's a lot of facts. Uh, I love Devin. Yeah. I think Devin has one of the highest ceilings in the sport for how little he does. Um, He's going to be a phenomenal athlete under Danny's training, as long as everything is progressing the way that it needs to. And I say that just in terms of it's hard to transition to any new program. We get that, but this is going to be a big transition for Devin. And if Devin can successfully transition, he will be one of the best in the world. So Devin's my favorite teammate as well. Not to put Lori and Waleed down, but yeah. Oh, well, well, yeah. Devin's what gets me out in the session. So, yeah. <laughs> What's bigger, the gap between episodes or Dave's top front teeth? Dude, that's disrespectful. That's tough. I don't really have a gap. You don't really. I think I've probably got a bigger gap than you do, to be honest, mate. Who said that? Uh, Baz Peen. Well, that's a dumb. He also said, or she, I don't know who, uh, only kidding. Oh. So. Might be a flirt. Don't, don't start. <laughs> Might be a flirt. Hit me up, DM me privately. You want to you want to you want to finish with the story about how you got bamboozled for thirty dollars? No, I don't want to. I don't want to do that because that involves um, a lot of riskiness. Long Come story short, on, I, Dave. No. Um. Long story short, I got. I was at. No, I can't, Josh. I can't. Maybe maybe Come if on. we do a few beers deep episode, then I'll I'll, okay. I'll, I'll open that one up. Well, let us know if you want to do a, a, a kind of all, all access pass to, to Dave and Josh's life behind we'll the scenes. We'll call that VIP. And uh, we'll, we'll get some bevies going and then we'll, we'll maybe rip a 20-minute episode and, and see what ends up coming up and just post it before we get sober. <laughs> You're catastrophic to our careers. Um, last banter on my end, and then you can choose one, Josh, if you have any more. Wasn't Josh's drinking binge supposed to have stopped a week after the Olympics? I think that's when it started. <laughs> A binge can't happen until you're a weekend. Uh, I'll double it down with another drink. Wait, Josh and Dave, what's your go-to post-race drink? 
I'll tell you what, guys. Josh has turned me into a Blue Moon guy. I got him a Let's Blue go. Moon keg for his birthday. Had some Blue Moon there. Nearly froze my teeth off when I did a keg stand. But Blue Moon is one of the better beers in the world. I don't care if it's a little bit more domesticated. I don't care if it's a little bit more not a micro-y. It's, it's good. It's a beer that you get, you drink, you feel fulfilled. You feel like your life's going in the right direction. Facts. Facts. Josh, any well, more banter? No, because, you know, I don't want to get too deep with it. You know, I think we're just starting and people are getting a bit soft. And, you know, there's definitely a, a, a balance between someone asking what your favorite bloody donut is at Dunkin' Donuts and then roasting Dave's teeth. So I think um, I think we'll just stick it there, to be honest, Dave. And, yeah. you know, this is, it's been good. I felt definitely felt rusty. I felt rusty yeah. today, but we have a lot to talk about. Bit of a rusty shovel, yeah. Phenomenal guests coming rusty up. Rusty hook, so. rusty snail, rusty shovel. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Don't look those so. up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, this has been fun, but we have some amazing episodes coming up. Like we said, we'll have a Thanksgiving episode next week, and uh, and hopefully you guys have a have a great holiday next week, you you bloody Americans, and uh, and don't get too chubs over uh, over Thanksgiving break. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate the zero people that joined in on a sit and kick costume competition. So, uh, I had someone dress up as me. If that makes a difference to you. Appreciate that. Thanks for dressing up as me, guys. You probably just put on like a, a dark suit, stood behind Josh and called it your shadow. So, Okay. Hey, love you, dog. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, welcome back to another season. I'm looking forward to getting into this. I think this might be the most banterish one we have yet. I think the tensions are high, the pressure's on, and I just want to kill some people, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the caffeine's kicking an hour too late. I'm not sleeping tonight. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure and we'll see you next week. See you next week for episode two of season five. Bye. I do not romantically love you, but I love you guys. <laughs> Outro. I don't love you. I'm not in love with you, but I love you. I'm not you, in love with you, but I love you. <laughs> a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick. He's got to go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here David Riddich. Josh Kerr. David Riddich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1,500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Riddich.